Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, I think we've got it up on the screen, and I want to read the first um, six verses or something like that, four or five verses, let's um, read from verse 1, this is the words of Jesus, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. I want to share today on, on a question. How well do I actually know Jesus? How well do I actually know Jesus, the man, the saviour, the redeemer, the healer, our Christ? Many of us, if you've grown up in church or if you've been a Christian for a little while now, you'll know that one of the greatest challenges in being a believer is keeping Jesus at the forefront. I mean Jesus the man, that personal relationship with our Savior. I don't mean church. I don't mean reading our Bible. I don't even mean praying or worshiping or doing any of those other spiritual activities. And they're all good to do, but they flow from a relationship, not to a relationship. And so when we look at our lives and we assess, how well do I actually know this man? How well do I know him? Do I know his voice? Do I know his leading? Do I know his direction? Do I know what it looks like to actually walk with him and talk with him and live the way he wants me to live at, at the deeper place, not just even with other people when I'm around? Because often it's easy as sheep to look like everyone else in the paddock because all sheep basically look the same. I know they, the shepherd can really tell them apart. I still can't. But, you know, flock together and sort of sound the same, look the same. But that's, not, that's, that's sometimes churchianity and not Christianity. And so that intimate relationship with that man, Jesus Christ, which is the core of everything we believe, is something we need to fight for. Because it doesn't just flow naturally for humans. I don't know about you, but if you've been a Christian for longer than a few months you'll know that there are times of testing. You'll know that there's times of separation where you don't feel close to the Lord. There's times where you have to fight to keep a relationship with Him. I read a prophetic guy, Dr. Don Lynch. Some of you may have heard of him, and he's quite a ruthless prophetic guy because he's not one of these modern, prophetic, nice-looking, nice-sounding, warm, fuzzy kind of guys. He's a very, very hard-hitting prophetic guy who really challenges the modern prophetic movement 
and, and the crowds and the, even the worship conferences that we have and concerts. And, and he's very, very um, challenging. But, uh, and I, I don't necessarily go along with everything, but there's a core of what he's saying is we can get caught up in ourselves in anything. Even in the prophetic, we can get caught up worshiping the prophetic, forgetting about Jesus, the great prophet. And in any church movement, we can begin to get caught up in the movement and forget about the man. And so it goes on. As humans, we're generally attracted to things that are sensational. We're attracted to things that draw crowds. We're attracted to things that feel good, sound good, that are are very um, entertaining that, and that keep us um, alive. And yet, as most of you know, our relationship with Jesus is the undergirding of our eternal life, uh, the undergirding of our truth and our hope and our destiny. And yet it's one of those things we have to fight for. We have to fight in time. We have to fight in behavior. We have to fight in habits. We have to fight in in our lifestyle, to keep our relationship with Him. And I think that passage from Revelation is just an in indicator. The words of Jesus to the church of Ephesus, they're saying, you've done so many things so well. Maybe you've established a really good church and you've preached the gospel and you've done really good things. You worship and and, uh, and explore different avenues and have a heart for the lost and really seek the Lord. But that first love, that thing you were first drawn to about Christianity was Christ. It wasn't all the other stuff. It was a man. It was a savior who saved you and me from our own sin. We deserve death. He's ripped death from us and given us life and given us hope and destiny. That's what Christianity is about. It's not about any of the other stuff. I used to often think to myself, can you... Can you be a Christian all your life and not really know Jesus? I'd actually answer yes to that now. Because I think there's a lot of people who settle for Christianity or maybe churchianity. Or hanging around nice people and doing some nice principle, following some rules, but missing the core. And that is the man who wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to get to know you. He wants to pour his love out upon you. And he wants to change who we are from the inside out. He doesn't just want to change us and our behavior and our rules and the set paradigms that we, that we have in life. But he actually wants to reform our hearts. And he wants to go to that inner place and get to know us and speak to us in that place. So that it's not man who has to motivate. I remember early on um, when we took over the church early on in ministry and, and you're, you're full of fire and passion and, and we still are, it's, it's still humming away. But I've learned that it's not my job to motivate people. It's not my job to, to stir up um, people because if people can't be stirred up by Jesus themselves, then there's something wrong. There's plenty of worship concerts that go along around the world and people go along in the thousands and they're great events. I love them and I celebrate them. However, that's not Christianity. That's not necessarily knowing Christ. 
That can be a great event, can be a great conference, celebration, can be a time where we, we do some great things. But if we miss the mark of Jesus Christ himself, that man who died and rose again and get to know him, then all we're doing is attending a show. All we're doing is just maybe going along with the crowd and, and just satisfying some of those desires. And, and maybe he, by his grace, he touches us with his presence, and that's a good thing. But even that isn't getting to know Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Thousands upon thousands flock to various things to get a touch from this man, but don't get to know him. Don't get to know the eyes of Jesus Christ. Revelation explains the description of Jesus Christ. I like reading it every now and then. The rider on the white horse with fiery eyes. And it explains this victorious Savior who is coming again for you and me. If we know Jesus and we actually and we read the Word of God and it's alive in us and we get to know this man, he is our motivation. He is our motivation. And so when, when we come to worship times like this, if, if we've been getting to know this man during the week and we've been stirring ourselves with his heartbeat, and it's good to listen to stuff, and I still do, and, and I use all of that as good feeding. All of that is good food. But ultimately, that has never got through any troubles for me. It's that man, Jesus Christ, who will hold your hand through the trials. It's that, that invisible person who you wish would just appear sometimes and come and solve some of the crap going on in your life, and he never does. But he's with you, and he's behind you, and he's in front of you, and he's above and below and on the right and on the left, and he's guarding, and his angels are ministering spirits to those who believe. And if you know Jesus today, you have some of Jesus Christ's ministering spirits. It's funny, even in charismatic movements, we, we and I love angels, but we got caught up on angels. And so it, before long, we get caught up on anything other than the Savior, Jesus Christ. Any decent revival movement in history has been rooted and grounded in Christ himself. It's, he's the only thing that lasts. He's the only message that stays current from movement to movement. He's the only message and person who can actually bring that presence that changes people. I don't know about you, but you might have over the years brought people to church and, and they don't quite know Jesus, but they feel something in the room. And we've had plenty of people do this over the years and they feel, oh, there's a strange presence in that room. Do you know what? I've got excited at that point over the years, but I've learned not to get happy with just that because that's not enough. People can dip their toes in the ocean and not actually get drenched, not actually get immersed. I want to give you an example. I, um, at our business that we owned when we really grew big and had hundreds of employees, our operations manager came to me one day uh, with a piece of paper, and it was always dangerous when he came with a piece of paper because I knew he wanted money. And he'd written a, a risk assessment or a, um, we used to call it a, a working capital um, assessment. And basically, it was to justify him spending money. And so he'd brought me the, the sheet and uh, we went through it. And sure enough, it was for 20 grand. 
and uh, it was for a new uh, fingerprint scanning machine so that we didn't have to do clock cards anymore or any, in fact, we we're well past clock cards, but I can't remember what, we, we're using cards or something like that. And he came up with this great idea and it was really good and, and sold me on this fingerprint scanner. So everyone just scans their fingerprints in and, and off they go. Now, if you've ever had employees before, especially if they're young men from the South who smoke marijuana, they'll find any way to rot the system. And so we used to have these guys who would um, they'd scan in um, for each other. They'd work out they could actually scan in and then disappear for a while. And they'd, Anyway, that's beside the point, but that's just to show the, the arena that we were working with. So after a few, a few months, um, the operations manager came to me and he said, hey, um, the scanner's not working so well anymore because the guys, we worked with fiberglass, their fingers got resin all over them. And so the film would get a buildup of residue, of resin. And so I'd say, well, hang on, we've just spent 20 grand on this thing. Can we get it working? And so we tried cleaning it. We tried film over it. We tried all these different methods. And, um, you know, in the end, actually, we, we went back to an old system, I think. Um, and that sometimes happens. But it's, the illustration is, this is what sometimes happens with people who don't actually get it. They don't get face-to-face with Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the healer, they have a little residue. And so they actually, they scan in, but it's not the real them. So their identity doesn't get identified in Christ. They don't get the real scan. They don't get the real Jesus. They might get church, or they might get free food, or they might get the presence, but it's not the real person. And you'll see them drift away. You'll see them drift away. Why? Because they didn't get scanned in on the real Jesus Christ. When we introduce people to Jesus, we want to introduce them to Him, the Savior, the healer, the one who died for their sin so they can repent of their sin. A lot of you follow different um, TV preachers and things like that, and you'll see there's a whole... There's a whole mixture going on these days. And, and with the PC police out there, the, you know, there's PC police even in church these days. Our politically correct police, people who want to keep things very politically correct. And, and, and you know, some of it's okay and, and some of it's not. But you, you'll see there's, there's even a, a little bit of fear with bringing people to repentance. When it's the one thing that we need to turn away from our sin and get face-to-face with Jesus Christ is repentance. So if we take away repentance, we're actually getting residue. We're getting residue on the scanning film. It's not a clear message. And so it's very easy to have a fraudulent identity. I don't recognize that fingerprint. The scanner comes up and it buzzes. Someone else, it's not quite right. Because there's a film, there's a residue blocking the identity. When we get face-to-face with Christ, we know who we are. We normally learn what our weaknesses are. I know that's one thing for me. In, um, in reading Oswald Chambers over the years, I've, uh, you know, he's a really good um, articulator of deep thinking in the faith. And one thing I enjoy is that he always brings a reality check. If you're getting any pride in your life, read Oswald Chambers because he quickly brings you back to the basics of your faith. And one of the things that I've realized over time is that I am human and I need a saviour. I need a saviour. And in and of myself, 
I am totally depraved. In and of my own flesh, I am not very good. I don't know about you. You might be better than me. Your theology might be different. But that's my theology, is that I need a saviour. I need a redeemer and a healer. And you know what? It strips away all spiritual entitlement of I deserve this and I'm incredible and I can do all things through Christ, which I can, but I know in and of myself I can't do much. And so I find it really, really grounding, earthing, if you like, and humbling to a place where if I have a reliance on Jesus, I know it's through Him that I can do good things. I know it's through Him I can actually believe for supernatural things to happen. It's not in and of myself. I know when I put my mitts on someone, there's nothing in and of myself that's going to do for them other than maybe give them a nice little bit of aftershave, a nice little warm touch. And I mean, it's nice, isn't it, Russ? It's nice. But that's about all it's going to be. But without that supernatural Messiah, Jesus Christ operating through you and through me, it's worthless. It's worthless. We need Jesus so much more than we think we do. And in this modern day, even in church, we need the presence of Jesus Christ himself. We talk a lot about presence. There's a lot of presence conferences, but not much evidence of presence. And I would say this is one frustration I have with modern charismania, is that We love the presence of God, and yet we have very little demonstration of the presence of God. And I take that as a personal challenge myself, something I pray about every day. Greater healing anointing, greater anointing in the actual works of Jesus Christ. It's an ongoing frustration for me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of you, because we can talk a lot, but we demonstrate little. And this is not the book of Acts. And you and I were created and made to reflect And we see in the book of Acts this demonstration of this person, Jesus Christ. I wonder if it's because sometimes we do get caught up on ourselves and our movements and our men and our message and our styles and our every other thing other than this man, Jesus Christ. And rather than than getting addicted to this man, Jesus Christ, we get addicted to a movement and we get addicted to a sound and a style. And then, when, and then when he does walk in, we just don't quite know what to do with it. When he, when he says something we're not used to or he does something we're not used to, there's two things I want to share really quickly with you that, for me, illustrate to me, am I walking with him? Am I knowing this man, Jesus Christ? Firstly, I need to be hearing his voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, we're, we're try-hard farmers, but we do have sheep. And um, I won't profess to be a great shepherd, but I tell you what, you just, if Karen or I or one of the kids just even, you know, yells out or something, they can be way over the far paddock, and sometimes they'll come bolting. And this is sheep. I didn't know sheep ran. But sheep do run for you city folk. Sheep run. And I mean, they can really run, especially if the dog is chasing them. But these things can run and they'll hear your voice and I mean, shake a little bit of loosen or something like that. They will bolt for you. My sheep, listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
I wonder, how long is it since I've heard the voice of the Lord? How long is it since I've actually heard Him leading me to do something? Maybe through someone else, maybe through His Word, maybe a sense, a knowing. For me, His voice is very short, it's very simple, it's, it's very basic. I'm always fascinated by some internet sensational prophetic intergalactical people who have words that are pages long. And I think, my goodness, I've never in my 43 years heard Jesus say more than a couple of sentences to me. So these people must be tapping into something or there's a whole lot of waffle. I think it's somewhere in between. I'll be honest with you. Paul says, keep it short. I like that. But there's so much noise out there and there's very little voice of Jesus. There's so many things we listen to, so many things we occupy our time with. If we are getting sick of church and sick of churchianity, then let's just get back to Jesus. Let's just get back to that man who actually loves you and he lifts the yoke off you. He doesn't put one on you. I know we have rosters and I love rosters and Leisha will, you know, not get not like what I'm about to say. But there's a whole lot of stuff we have to do to keep a community running, isn't there? But that's not Jesus. I love LED lights, but that's not Jesus. I love good worship music, but that's not Jesus. I like nice chairs. You know, I went to mum and dad's church and they've upped us a little bit. They've gone super extra comfy, you know. And I'm like, isn't it funny what we do in church? Yeah, got to have extra comfy now. These aren't going to have extra comfy. There's so many things we do in church to stuff a room full of people. Let's be honest. It's all about one man. One man who's calling you and me to a relationship with him. As simple as that. If you've got a yoke, a heavy burden, if you're annoyed with church, if you don't like me, it's okay. I can handle that. You probably wouldn't be here if you didn't like me. But if you're getting sick of the whole routine, if your prayer life is boring, if, if you don't even have a prayer life, and what is a prayer life? I don't know. But if you're questioning all of these things, I want to suggest to you today, the simplest thing you can do is yield to Jesus. Just yield to Him. Just give it over to Him. Let go of the rules. Let go of the regulation. Let go of the boredom. Let go of everything else. Do whatever you need to do. Take a country drive and spend some time with your Savior, with your Redeemer, with your healer, because He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you strength. He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you direction. He actually wants to direct your paths. And sometimes we have to chase after Him a little bit, even if we have to push through our own selfishness and humanity and laziness, if we will go after him, I believe he will speak. The second thing that I think is a great trait that follows a relationship with him is we learn his will. Firstly, we hear his voice and then we learn his will. Matthew 6.10, this is a, a great prayer that we're, we're taught to pray. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Interesting, for a modern-day Christianity, sometimes we need to be reminded it's His will, not ours. He didn't come so that we could have this fantastical life. 
He came so that His will can be done through us. His will. Often the quote, on earth as in heaven, it's a really shortened version. It's a great message. I love it. But sometimes we can even make it about us. As in, I want His kingdom to come in and around me, through me, in every way I can possibly fathom so that I might see great things and I might be celebrated and I, I, I. It can become a selfish will, not His will. What if His will is different than ours? So that's why we need to hear His voice and then be led by His will so that in this meandering relationship with the Lord, it actually becomes about Him. It actually becomes about him, not about us. Close your eyes. I want to pray. Lord, we thank you that you do speak. I ask that today you might open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, for anyone here today who is not walking with you, who is not living for you, Lord Jesus, and does not have a relationship with you, I pray you would speak to them today. I pray that you would speak to them by your Spirit. Lord, we know that place of repentance, turning away from sin, getting rid of sin. It's a necessary step in coming to Jesus. If you're in that place today, there's only one thing you need to do. Turn away from your sin and give your life to Him. Get rid of stuff out of your life, the agendas, all the other stuff. It all just has to go. And then you come cleanly to Jesus Christ, the man. Not anyone else, not a movement, not anything else, but to Jesus Christ who heals and saves and redeems. If you're in that situation today, then you just simply have to sit there. No one's looking or doing anything. You just have to do that business with him today. Don't leave today without giving your life to Him. Get rid of sin, repent of your sin, and give your life to Jesus. And then He'll come into a relationship with you and begin to speak to you and begin to show you things, how to live your life. And for those of us who maybe have been Christians for a long time or a short time, it doesn't matter. I believe today's a great day to recalibrate, refocus, get things completely right back with Jesus, his fiery eyes, his fiery eyes, that rider on a white horse who's victorious, who is all conquering. He's conquered sin and death already. And sometimes he just extends his hand of grace back out to us and he's wooing us back into that relationship, your first love, your first love. No obligation. No stress, no heaviness, no guilt, no shame, but a love, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And He connects us with the Father. By His Spirit, He begins to move and speak and things begin to flow again. That mighty river that He talks about, that tree of life, Jesus Christ, who we begin to eat of that fruit, that good fruit again. Get rid of all obligations. Get rid of any resin that's disturbing that film and get clear face to face with Jesus, Him. And so, Lord, we just ask today that you'd get rid of any stuff, any stuff blocking that relationship. Lord, we just ask that you would come and that you would move 
and that you would draw close. Lord, I pray you would draw us close as a community to Jesus, that we would always celebrate Jesus Christ. We ask you to come and move in our city, in our nation, in our region. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be poured out in this place upon us. And Jesus, I ask that you would begin to demonstrate your anointing in greater and greater ways in and through us with your presence, your power. And today, Lord, we ask and we pray, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come in this place. Even right now, Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come on us. Let your will be done in us by your spirit, by your power. Lord, we ask for your pure anointing to be released in this place. With no agendas, let the anointing of Jesus even begin to touch ailments, sicknesses, pain in bodies. I ask for the anointing of Jesus Christ to be released right now. That sicknesses would begin to lift. Pain, go in Jesus' name. Blood disorders and back pain and issues, strains. Jesus, that you would walk in this room and that you would touch people's sicknesses, release healing in Jesus' name. Healing in the name of Jesus. Just put your hand on whatever body part is sick if you've got some sort of ailment. We just want to, by faith, release that healing presence of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your healing power that is released. Lord, we ask for more. We ask that you'd lift pain. Remove sicknesses, disease, illnesses in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. I just want everyone to understand. <laughs> it's interesting, leading, leading church and even running services, you know, we, we get so routine, don't we? We get so used to formality and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just human nature, I think. But actually breaking through that sometimes to get to Jesus, it takes something, doesn't it? And so I want to I wanna lay a challenge out if, if, if I can. Is that okay? I'm not going to say come and walk on the baptismal water or anything like that. I would have done that seven or eight years ago, but you know. Here's the thing. Get personal with Jesus this week. I want to do it myself. Get personal with Jesus this week in a way you weren't last week. With Him, face to face. No obligation, no stress. Make it easy. Might be at the beach or wherever. Backyard or lounge room. In front of the fire is a great place I found in winter. Get personal with Jesus. Don't let this week go by without getting personal with your Saviour, your Redeemer the one who we come and worship each week. 
And I believe if we can do this in greater and deeper ways week on week, when we come on Sunday, there's just an increased residue of hunger. And so instead of for the first 10 or 15 minutes, we have to just blow off some steam or, you know, get rid of the cobwebs. Actually, we build. We actually build week on week. Wouldn't that be great? Can you do that with me? Just shake the person's hand next to you. You just made a deal with them. I believe in the, the old ways of doing things. You've just shaken on something. So what we're going to do is we're going to take things up a notch, okay? We're going to take it up. Get personal with Jesus this week, okay? As many times as you possibly can. And then next week, we're going to see what happens. We're just going to, the next few weeks, we're just going to begin to build something in Him. Is that okay? Bless you. Give someone a hug. Have a great coffee. We'll see you next week. Thank you.